Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we welcome in the new year with Wrestle Kingdom 15 both nights our recap, a huge night of Wednesday Night Wars, a big-time angle at the end of Dynamite, a big-time match at the end of, end of NXT. Goldberg returns! And a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. Now, see, that's the shit he's talking That's the shit Goldberg's talking about, disrespecting your elders. <laughs> Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I am your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Hand Ackroyd. And out there in Edwardsville, <laughs> Illinois, we have two beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on, two beer? Uh, I'm just uh, warming myself by the dumpster fire that is the United States of America. Yeah, have you climbed any, uh, have you climbed any Capitol buildings today, Zach? Uh, not today. That was yesterday. I am very tired from my flight back to D.C. Oh, and, you uh, flew, huh? During COVID. Yep. I'm just uh, really hoping the police don't show up because uh, I'm all over that capital. <laughs> you did look like a couple of guys out there. Actually, I did, too. Uh, and to my <laughs> left, making his triumphant return. Oh, no. Happy New Year. We have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Allow us to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 187, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Happy New Year. Happy Fest Fist. Happy all Kwanzaa, all that other good shit. A uh, qu- couple quick shout outs. Shout out to uh, Michael Zander. I didn't because I was not here last week. Uh, he went to ProWrestlingTees.com and bought a couple of shirts for uh, for himself for the uh, holiday season, I was supposed. So big shout out to Michael Zander. Thank you very much for the contribution. I hope you like your shirts. Give us some feedback. Let us know how it works. A regular contributor to the Friends of BFR on Facebook uh, page, too. So what's going on? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And um, what was I going to say? How you oh, doing? Yeah, right. Um, Zach kind of stole my joke, but I'll just say it like this. I'm ready to talk about a week of trial by combat, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> to, to get kick off the new year. I can't wait. Let's get it going. Those fucking idiots. We are coming at you <laughs> from cloudy southern, not southern, south no, St. Louis. Uh, in my basement, Reba's here. She's She hasn't seen Jason in a while. He's betting her, and she's just staring at him. She's just looking up at him. Uh, Jason, before, there was a tremendous week of wrestling. Agreed. There was tons of stuff that happened. Agreed. And Goldberg. And uh, <laughs> before we get too far into it, Jason, why don't you tell us about F&B Eatery? F&B Eatery, you're on the corner of 3453 Southampton and Marquette, home of the greatest smash burger you've never heard of. Start off the new year right. 2021 is here, so let's do it the right way slide on in get your smash burger take the kids with you get the kids out of mom's hair that way you can do two birds one stone baby fb eatery on the corner of 3453 south Tampa and marquette town that band from ringside sent you let's get to that three counts one two three jcb kick us off well we usually do it chronologically. Well, it was chronologically because it was Sunday morning. Sunday morning, two-ish Central Standard Time. Started a couple of days of insomnia for your boy, but it was all worth it. Wrestle Kingdom 
kicks off a two-day just I'll say it. it extravaganza. It's a, I, no, and I didn't want to say extravaganza because that was your word. I'll use the words that my boys across the pond always say. It was a master class of professional wrestling. Mm. Uh, we'll just cut to the chase. Kota Ibushi does beat Naito night one. I thought that was a good match. It wasn't nearly as the train wreck that I was expecting to see but nonetheless a good match and then doubles down to beat jay white in the longest match in i believe wrestle kingdom or tokyo dome history it tokyo was tokyo dome, dome history. history okay i thought it was one of the two if not 48 both. minutes it it did not feel like 48 minutes i said it on twitter 20 when they said the 20 minute time limit had gone by i'm like what this is 20 minutes i'm like oh shit so I, that's when i was like let me sit back pack another bowl because this this really getting ready to get on it's by that point, it was no advantage either way. I'll just say this. Kota Ibushi, this was like Naito last year, but for the Kota Ibushi fans, they got to go through that roller coaster ride that I went through last year. So kudos to that. I know there's plenty of motherfuckers out there that was losing their shit. I think the bigger angle coming out of that double main event is the suppose it and I'm gonna use suppose it departure of one Jay White. Now Jay White, if you did not watch the backstage comments, which you should, especially with New Japan, that's where you get tidbits of what could be and you see the promos that you're used to seeing with WWE Impact AEW, it's just done backstage. It's like Bill says it's treated like a true blue sporting event now that said jay white after the main event on night two came back and had one of the most epic meltdowns i think i've ever seen in my life i mean literally i was so enthralled that i i let my cigarette burn because i was watching it so and now he had me so hooked so the question so was now we might have had out. something to do with that no, this was early in the morning. It's like 839. Like I said. I hadn't hit it yet. I was going to say, I wanted to do my thing, so I was smoking a cigarette. So anyway, I'm watching this promo, and I'm like, man, if I didn't know any better, I think this was actually going to happen. In my heart of hearts, I know he's not going to leave, leave to leave New Japan. He might leave to go on a sabbatical, disappear for a little bit, come back a Dominion, wreck havoc. Jay White's not going anywhere. But the point is that his promo was so good. The match was so good. Then the promo on top of it to me was like the cherry on top of it. It really made that match stand out amongst uh, amongst the, uh, two nights of just great fucking matches. I mean, Osprey and Okada was a just ridiculous match night one. I thought uh, El Phantasmo and Ishimura, uh, not Ishimura, but... Uh, Takahashi was a good match, and that was the setup for the night two barn burner that he had with Ishimori. The, I mean, banger to Shingo Jeff Cobb. Physical as fuck, and uh, oh, it was awesome. And I never thought you would see Shingo get thrown around the way that Jeff Cobb threw him around. God, you know, pulling some fuckery, you know, stealing the tag tiles away from Dangerous Techers. There was so much shit that was going on. By the first night, I was ready to watch night two immediately. I didn't want to wait 24 hours. This is why I think Wrestle Kingdom got it right doing it two nights. And even if it was, I don't care if this was pandemic and what well, wasn't pandemic the first time around. The first time around was last year. 
2020 was such a long fucking year. Um, they did it right with by doing it for two nights, and I'll, I'll step off the, the, the soapbox at, after this point. Doing it by two nights, especially like with matches with the junior uh, heavyweight title match where you had the Super J Cup winner and then you had the best of a uh, Super Junior winner face each other in night one and you had the winner face the champion night two. That's just, that's simple, but such smart booking. It doesn't even make sense. And both matches were banger ass matches. And the reason why you do two nights is that you give every match a chance to breathe. One of the matches I didn't even give two shits about was Tanahashi and Great Okan. And that turned out to be halfway decent. It got mm. Great Okan over. Yeah, it did. Uh, Ultimately, that's what it that's what it was supposed to do. Zach, what's your biggest takeaway or what's your take on the main event? Uh, yes, like that story that I was like hoping was going to be told was absolutely told, right? Like this is what we were talking about last week. It was Abushi's time to shine. Abushi is not just a star; he is the star, right? He's the golden star, and well, he's, he's a god now. Right now. Mm. Yes, uh, but I think the biggest takeaway outside of that is Jay White and. This dude is eight years into his career from, like, the first time he stepped into a ring. And he is arguably one of the best doing it now. And the guy's still young and has the potential to be one of the best of all time because he is a complete wrestler, right? He's got everything that one wants in a professional wrestler. His promo ability, off the chain. He falls off that chair, and <laughs> I'm I'm just dying. And oh, no. huge, huge babyface potential, right? Like, I felt, like, empathy for this guy. Like, when I'm watching it, you know, he's in the ring. He's this chicken shit heel, and he's so good at being a heat seeker and drawing heat. And then he's just broken. And it's really cool character development. Like, really cool character development. And uh, I am extremely interested to see where he goes and i don't mean like to wwe i just mean like where he goes in new japan because i feel like he'd be silly to leave his position uh but it's great to have him like kind of cool off um i think personally if it was me i would have him enter lij to take evil spot and lij and there'd be some nice like symmetry there Uh, but that's just me fantasy booking that Uh, is but quite the fancy it would be right. It'd be so cool. But uh, but anyway, amazing wrestling. This was just top notch. I didn't think night two could beat night one, especially after seeing night one and then looking at night two on paper. I'm like, oh, you know, definitely like, going to be some good matches. But it's hard to say which night was better. These were just phenomenal shows. And uh, Osprey Okada, I think, kind of takes the cake for me for night one. And I just really love that style of match. They wrestled like, not like they had previously and also kind of not like really expected them to, but they totally were just like, we're going to have an all-time class Tokyo Dome wrestling match. And they wrestled it almost like kind of like a 90s All Japan, but like less dangerous, right? And then Abushi and Naito go in there and we kind of know what to expect from them, but then they also kind of like toned it back. But the storytelling of it was they did all these teases of all this crazy shit. 
and you expected this dangerous match, but there was stuff on Dynamite and NXT, both shows that was more dangerous than anything that they did in Naito Ibushi Tokyo Dome main event. Except for awesome. there was there was one spot in the Naito Ibushi match. I think, ah, fuck, now I can't remember what it was. I've watched so much wrestling this week. I think it was a I think it was a German and Ibushi landed like pretty much on, on his, his head. head. Yeah, no, it was something off the rope onto the side. Onto the uh, onto the onto the the ground. I, I this is bad pod. Sorry, I can't remember it. So go ahead, Zach. But uh, but yeah, the coolest part of that match to me was the ending. So you have Abushi hitting the Kamagoye, you know, for second or third time. I can't remember. Uh, but like Jason said, these matches, like although long, moved at such a clip. Like I never felt bored. I never felt like the matches were going on long. But Abushi's exhaustion, where he's just essentially unconscious, you know, and they're both laying there unconscious, and they essentially have to wake Abushi up, and he doesn't even know that he's won, and he tries to cover, cover him for the pin. I'm like, dude, this is nuts. Yeah, he tried to hook the leg. Yeah, I'm like, dude, yeah. like, dude, you won, you won. It's like it's he doesn't over. even hear his music playing, right? I'm sure that's happened have... somewhere in the annals of the history of wrestling. I can't remember oh, it happening. I, I think, but it was. I think that's how so, I think Zach texted us or something like that's how you sell a match. Yeah, that's mother motherfucker. That's how you sell a match. And then night two, where Jay White is just kind of you know still going at you know the titles are like right in front of him, and he's reaching for the titles, and Red Shoes is starting to pull it away from him. And that camera angle, the camera angle is so fucking amazing because it puts you right there. You see the titles in the foreground. Jay White's in the background, and all you see him is, like, reaching out for the titles, and Red Shoes is like, nah, dog, this ain't for you. I'm like, that's the only also, time I felt bad for him. And also the camera doesn't cut 80 times. But, um, but yeah, and then Naito won't let Red Shoes give him the belts. He has to hand them to him himself. And unlike Hogan handing Ultimate Warrior the belt, this is not about Naito, although it definitely shows character development. Of Naito, because I mean, when we started doing this podcast, Naito didn't give a shit about anybody or anything. He beat that Intercontinental title till it was broken, <laughs> and like the whole like the whole thing was just absolutely beautifully done. And yeah, night two, the storytelling in that main event that was one of the best matches. Like, I mean that that match was the as as great as Shingo and Jeff Cobb was, and it's exactly what I expected it to be and actually better. Uh, and Tanahashi and Ishimori or Takahashi and Ishimori, we've seen those guys and that was excellent. That Jay White and Ibushi, we've seen that before too, but the storytelling, I mean, that was one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen. I was just so enthralled and it made me wish that I would have been up with everybody and I should have just woken up and just done the damn thing. But, uh, you know, it's a hard year, you guys. It's a hard time. I just couldn't I'll, do it. I'll, look, I stayed up for both of us, man. It was, I'm still kind of exhausted, but it was it was worth the ride, man. It was totally worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. Stay, got up for New Year's Dash, too. It was off the chain. So I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll piggyback off what you guys said. I'll, I'll go down the card a little bit. Um, I, I think that night two, the highs were higher. Um, and that's why I'd give it to night two because uh, White Ibushi was incredible. Takahashi Ichimori was incredible. Uh, Shingo Jeff Cobb was uh, was a fucking banger. Um, 
We also should mention that John Moxley did make an appearance via promo. So and much shit. He made an appearance, and John Moxley said that whoever wins out of Kojima and Kenta, he was ready for him, and he was not going to not defend that belt. And he still got the the U.S. championship. And Kenta and Kojima, I know Kojima's a, a, a legend, and obviously he respects the fuck out of Kenta because they had they had a they had a they really had a good really good match. It was it's like you said it was Kojima better than what it should have been. Yeah, Kojima totally brought it. I mean, like that guy can still go. Like he's fifty, but like just like Nagata, he can still go. Uh, and you know, of course Suzuki, but Suzuki's just like I don't even know he's human. It is really something though to watch all of G One and watch Okada. Keep trying to get that money clip over. Keep trying to get that money clip over. Keep trying to get that money clip over. And then 30 minutes into his Wrestle Kingdom 15 match with Osprey, he just busts out the Rainmaker. He's like, <laughs> fuck this motherfucker. <laughs> Boom, you're down. <laughs> Boom, you're down. It was, uh, it was, that oh, was, that was shit. my favorite match of night one. I, I was so into that Okada Osprey match. It was very good. Um, Great Okan, I'm not sure that Great Okan, he's got lots of potential. I'm not sure that he was ready for that moment or if he performed as well as he could have in that moment. Uh, he's just so methodical that a match that long with an aging Tanahashi. Now, Tanahashi still brings it. I'm not knocking Tanahashi, but a match 17 minutes long, it just, it, I mean... Okay, I'll just I'll push back for thirty seconds. A, you probably should have made the match, but B, we already went down this road. So C, how how much time are you really going to give them? You don't want to make this a squash because the Empire, unfortunately, they took the L's across the board for the weekend. But there's still that that next faction that's you know fingers crossed that's going to be on the rise in New Japan. So you got to give a little time to. That match, you got to make Great Okan look strong, which for the most he part did. he did. Yeah, he did. I, I thought Tanahashi made him look great. Yeah, and Tanahashi still went over, which I think win win. I, I think that Zach and I both called, but I, I don't remember. No, actually, we were both wrong. Were we both wrong? Did we both say oh, Great wow. Okan? Okay, We've, you I, didn't yeah, listen. No, you because uh, because Tanahashi has had. They've really just been beating them and beating them and beating them. I thought, you know, he was going to be uh, that's putting right. him over. But they did the the cool thing, and they put him over in the loss, and it's Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. And it took Okada years to beat Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, that's what Okada said. So the, uh, why is, why is Great Okada going to pop in here as soon as he gets back from an excursion? So that makes sense. And they made him look good in the loss because it took two high-five flows, which is not – a common thing, right? Like mm-hmm. it took yeah. two of those high fly flows. So like he looked good, uh, even though like, like Bill said, he's very methodical. He almost wrestles like a 1970s, like big, big heel. And it was just, a, it wasn't a good build to it. Let's just call it for what it was. I mean, it, all of a sudden it just felt like, boom, here's this match made. I get it, but it just, the build wasn't a normal new Japan build. Uh, G.O.D. goes over the dangerous techers. Which is a bummer because I like Tai Chi and Zack Saber so much, but they've had those belts for a long fucking time. Uh, they they said six months in the backstage comments sounds right. 
it didn't feel like six months. Maybe, like I said, the pandemic makes six months feel like six years. But yeah, I thought it was longer than that. I thought it was longer than that too. But I mean, Zach Saber. No, they took it from Tanahashi and Abu. At yeah, the, the studio or the stu- at the stadium show in the summertime. Okay, the uh, summer struggle show. Okay, that's yeah, that sounds right. Okay, so that's okay. Then that feels about right. It's just that that's the one negative about New Japan. God bless it. The tag team division, it, it's at least is relevant, but it could be better. All right, there's two more things that I want to talk about, and one of them I'm going to be positive. I know one of them. One of them, one. one of them, I'm going to be positive about. The other one, I'm going to be negative about. You probably know them both, Zach. What do you guys uh, want first? You want I the positive? I think I always I think want the bad incredible. I mean, let me guess. I think you're going to be incredibly positive that Yano won the battle royal. I was going to say Ubushi wasn't the only guy that won both nights. <laughs> Yano won both nights. He walks out of there, king of pro wrestling. Man. Woo! Man, get this bullshit out of here. <laughs> I said, this motherfucker ain't getting the ring. I'm like, I got up for, at 1 o'clock for this bullshit. I mean, I was hot. I was hot as hell. I'm like, man, okay, so this is how we going to get this motherfucker in there? And now Fale and fucking Chase always can't fucking get along? I don't give a rat's Did you watch ass. the New Year's Dash? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what the fuck is this, dude? Y'all know how they're being cocky as fuck. I'm like, this motherfucker, I don't go. Blood Girl Raven, not text me, but tweeted me and asked me this, and it's an amazing question. Who has has now the longer intro, Yano or Kenny Omega? I mean. That's a great question. uh, Yano. Yeah. It's got to be Yano. Yeah, yeah. Taker, and that's got to be Yano. That, that, no, that is unacceptable. I thought you were going to say Yano or Taker. Yano is the Undertaker in New Japan. I mean, wins all the time. Wins all the time, man. I love, I, I love that Yano won both nights. God Come on, damn, he's funny, dude. man. No, Come on, look. Do not get me wrong, Zach. How I'm many always... times have I? How many times have I just said to Jason? Come on, man, he's funny. Plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sit up here and say he's not funny. My irrational hatred for Yano goes back to the very first G1 we all watched, and he beat Naito, and that's just unacceptable, and it's been started there, and it's been downhill since. Yeah, exactly. Man, don't make me I'm punch just, you. I'm just doing, I'm doing my Yano face to Jason right don't now. Don't make me punch you. <laughs> um, the, other, the other thing is the bad. Can you guess this one, Zach? Ooh, the bad. Um, trying to think of a bad thing on these shows and now you, you gotta think like it. he thinks yeah you gotta yeah if you want to if you want to be a criminal you gotta if you want to be the criminal you gotta be a criminal <laughs> yeah I was gonna say, it was sonata evil yeah i should have known it was sonata evil man it's just that that match went 23 minutes and those guys it that it's the second or maybe third time i said this on band from ringside that those guys had a match that just did not seem like a match between two guys that had been tag team partners for as long as they were tag team partners. It doesn't seem like a blood feud. And here's the thing, and I think I realized this at Wrestle Kingdom this year. It's not Evil's fault. It's Sonata's fault. Sonata, sorry guys, I'm heating up. He's boring. He no sells everything. He like it's not even no selling. It's just like he's not even there. That match was boring. Dick Togo's involvement over and over and over again in every evil match is boring. It's just 
that that was a 23 minute match that is that was a popcorn match for me mm. okay um I'll, I'll jump on this one first um to agree I w- i'll agree with you on this it did not feel like a blood feud like we've seen before in the fact in the past between two partners well I nobody totally, nobody could argue that i would totally agree with you upon that sonata being boring i i got a i got a tough time buying that one i'm i'm sorry the g1 final i think it, for me is a good example of probably what his ceiling is going to be in new japan at least for a while i don't see him being champion for a while maybe somewhere down the line if they decide to unify the intercontinental and the heavyweight title which obushi wants to do that takes a an opportunity away from him the ic title i think is probably the the ceiling for him if they keep them separate if not then I'm just not sure. I just don't see him as world champion, but I just, I'm not sure I agree with the fact that he's boring. I just, I think probably more specifically, he lacks charisma, right? Okay. That, boring, that, yeah. But that, okay. Charisma. I agree with that. No, I agree with that. I would say in the wrestling, in the wrestling world, in the wrestling milieu, if you lack charisma, you're boring. I mean, now, now this is going to be a couple of English majors yelling at each other about the, oh, the words. Here we go. I, I'm not, I, so we don't have to go down that road. But he does lack charisma. With, I'm not going to sit here. When I first started watching New Japan, you know why I liked him so much? He had that mohawk. He looked badass. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since he got rid of the mohawk, I don't like him anymore. Okay, but I mean, he's never changed. He's always consistent. Well, he got rid of the mohawk. Oh, okay, well, then maybe <laughs> that's on you for falling in love with him with the mohawk. See, you a fickle motherfucker. You Brian, you you reason that Daniel Bryan is running around talking about fickle ass uh, wrestling fans. That's an old ass angle, man. But it's just it's it's apparently queerer in the present now. Come fresh. It's, shut up, whatever. You, stop being fickle. You know, <laughs> love the man for who he is. So now does that change though? Even then, he's he's been that quiet. Stone Cold Killer. We just don't see that switch that turns on like Abushi. When Abushi's switch turns on, you see it, and it's like, oh shit, it's getting ready. It's getting ready to go down. I love him. Sonata doesn't have that switch that we were looking for, especially in a match like this, where the winner apparently challenges Abushi moving forward. Are you agreeing or disagreeing with me? Because it sounds like you're making my point. I, I agree with you to a certain degree. I would, I just can't buy the fact that he's boring. All right. A couple other takeaways from, oh, you know what? I said that two guys won two nights. I was wrong. Three guys, guys won, won two nights because Takahashi had himself a Wrestle Kingdom. Really had two bangers. El Phantasmo and him were extremely great with uh, – a lot of storytelling. Oh, before I forget this, I think my favorite part. I was wa- I was watching. Uh, I was watching Tenet with my buddy Fat, and I was laughing. And I don't know if you've seen Tenet yet. Is it good? Yeah, it fucking rules. It doesn't okay. make any sense, but okay. it fucking rules. That's all. It makes no fucking sense. Nope. That's why I keep hearing. Zach, have you seen it? I have not. There's a part where Denzel's kid. Uh, the main guy in the movie, what's his name? John David Washington. He yeah. gets a fight in the kitchen 
and he starts using a cheese grater and he just fucks these dudes up with the cheese grater and he's just using all this kitchen stuff you know and i'm just like cackling laughing so he's john wick in these motherfuckers a little so, like, bit christopher nolan essentially just like made an under siege three yeah i mean well, <laughs> i want i want to see it again it fucking rules but anyway i was just laughing and my buddy matt's like dude i've never seen somebody just watch fight scenes and just laugh like that like what's wrong with you i was like dude i do a wrestling podcast when jay white when jay white had a bushy back and forth in between the ring and the uh the guardrail and he just goes Fuck you! And then he threw him over to the other side. And he goes, oh, "Fuck you!" So and he did. He did like six times. And he said, "Fuck you!" like six times. I was dying laughing. I'm like, this shit is getting real. Oh, I rewound it like three times. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was like, "Did he say Dude. fuck you?" I was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah." I mean, <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. he's in Japan. No, I just it was it was so good. And actually, funnily, like uh, Bill and I, we saw one of the John Wick movies. In- the theater together i know and man why you like can't be at the wrestling show like it, people were catcalling and just yeah, like people were going nuts <laughs> we had a see, great time rubbing that shit in second most fun i've ever had in the theater first being when i went with kevin connors to see jackass 2 at the moolah and we got wasted beforehand and I'm, that I'm sure that, that was, was like show. a party dude. i'm sure that was a shit show anyway um hiromu takahashi had a tremendous wrestle kingdom I like the Ishimori match more, I think. Uh, El Fantasmo, or El Fantasma. El Fantasmo. Fantasmo. He's fucking awesome. Great heel. Yeah, he's a great heel. Both those matches were great. Um, any other thoughts on this before we go away from Wrestle Kingdom 15, which I have to say I know Naito's your guy. I have to say it was better than last year's. Am I wrong? Man, fuck you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Um, Zach, a thought on that? Which one do you think was better? I don't know. Honestly, maybe it's recency bias, but uh, off the off the top, I got to say uh, it was this one. Like this was just these were two just fantastic shows. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would return to both of these shows. I would. Have, I would want to watch last year's shows again. I don't want to fall into recency bias, but this You're I would. I would not sit up here and say that I was not still awake thirty minutes, forty five minutes after both shows. You know, adrenaline still going because both shows had me going, and that's to me that's the the hallmark of a good pay per view. A good pay-per-view keeps me awake thinking about, okay, what's next? Okay, did I miss something? Let's rewind it and check this shit out. So in that scenario, it it did its job. It was worth getting up at 2, 3 in the morning, whatever time it was, to watch it. Yeah, and I I don't know if this will be the last time I say it, but I want to say it again. If you don't watch New Japan but you listen to the podcast, if you listen to the podcast, that means you like wrestling. If you like wrestling, that means, and you listen to the podcast, that means you like the type of wrestling that we watch, or at least you have somewhat a similar type of uh, a, a type, I guess. You know, <laughs> you have a type. You know, like I have a type. Like, like yeah, I got a type. My wife, she's my type. You know what I mean? Good call. That's the only. That's the only one in the entire world. Good, good move. Maybe Rachel McAdams and Wedding Crashers. She, yeah, have you seen Red? Have you seen Wedding Crashers? Which one is she? But what I'm saying is. 
please go out of your way and try to watch New Japan. You will not be disappointed. We will try to guide you as much as you can through uh, the beginning uh, tunnels, trying to make your way yeah, up. I want to start going back and watching, like, well, Boy Club. I, I think that era. would be fun. When we get through our takeovers, I think that would be fun to go through. But I, I think that it's our job to try to let people know when something sweet is coming up to watch such as the G1 or the New Japan Cup, Super J Cup, things like that. I was going to say, if if things stay the way they are starting to go again in New Japan, everything will go back to the way it was. So we'll get the G1 in the middle of the year or whatever, like we were supposed to get in 2020, and obviously we didn't. So this will be a good time to kind of, you know, jump in, Dominion to be in the middle of the year, then you will get the G1 after it or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, if there's a time to do it. This is the time to jump in. Zach, any last thoughts? Yeah. Uh, watching Wrestle Kingdom live is a better advertisement for stimulants than the Blitzkrieg of France. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to that. Two counts. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? Oh, yeah, I'm on deck. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, we had Wednesday Night Wars, as per usual. Both big shows. Uh, we had, what, the Everything is Evil. Is that right? New Year's Evil. New Year's Evil. Okay, yeah. See, it's too much, too much Russell Kingdom. <laughs> uh, but uh, we had New Year's Evil, and then we had uh, New Year's Smash, which is a play on New Year's Dash. So really cool name for that. And um, both really good shows. Uh, I feel like it might have just been because, like, my NXT uh, show it was, is condensed, and I watch it on Hulu, so it's like a one-hour version. Um, AEW seemed like kind of the clear winner with their main event being so good and also with their main event angle. So that's, I think, the biggest kind of news out of the evening uh, even though we had Snoop Dogg on the show but uh, the biggest news that everybody's buzzing about is the Good Brothers show up so essentially Phoenix and Kenny Omega had arguably the best Dynamite singles match in Dynamite history which is a short history but it's also uh, a short history full of really good matches so I think you know Top matches that we've had singles. Uh, I think Phoenix has been in two of them, and King Omega's been in two of them. And one of those is against each other, and then that Phoenix Dick Jackson match and the Kenny Omega Pac, right? Those are probably like the tops. Uh, but this match was awesome. Very scary because these guys are just going to do what they're going to do, and nobody's going to tell them any different. They're going to put everything on the line. Uh, but Omega goes over. No big surprise there. Uh, but the big surprise comes with uh, the Good Brothers showing up and running roughshod and just clearing house. And then Young Bucks come out to kind of put a stop to it or whatever. And then essentially they form a faction, right? They all do the two sweet. It's like a Bullet Club reunion. Uh, they don't say Bullet Club. They don't say too sweet. In fact, I don't even know what the legalities of them doing the two sweet are. Cause I remember they had the whole season desist thing. So, well, they also said, I mean, they kept saying they're getting the band back together. Yes. But isn't that also what the click used to say? 
the quick uh, WWF slash E. They did it in WCW. Uh, apparently, they did it in TNA. Somebody tweeted me that. So, I mean, there's, I guess they're good. A lot of precedent. Yeah, and I don't even give a shit what the name is, to be perfectly honest. I don't care, <laughs> okay? My mouth was literally dropped by the end of the fucking show. I'm like, oh, God yeah. damn. Mine was too. Go ahead, Zach. No, yeah, but that's the, the big takeaway. So, I mean, you guys can give your thoughts about that before that i mean that was the biggest thing that happened all night last night oh yeah billy so i watched everything last night and i knew that omega phoenix was tonight but i also knew that nxt was kind of a takeover style card kind of, yeah. so i pretty much stayed away from aew last night and i stayed completely away from the main event so that's my story and then i started flipping between the pelicans game and uh NXT and well Monday night I just turned on the Pelicans game we'll get the raw later but um so I had no idea what happened and I watched Omega Phoenix at three o'clock this afternoon right before Jason walked in the door and I was into the match and I was watching it and then I saw uh Moxley come in and now granted I'm working while I'm watching it um I, I apparently have to go back and watch it again because it's hard to really get it while you're working. But if Zach says it's one of the greatest dynamite matches of all time, then I probably have to go back and watch it. Uh, obviously, it was, it was I'm really watching good. Omega Phoenix, and they're spectacular. It was really good. Moxley comes in. Oh, well, first they show Pac and – or I'm sorry, Pac and Penta being beat up by Kingston and his guys. Then Moxley comes in and starts fucking him up. And then the Good Brothers come in, and I didn't see that coming at all. Nope. Maybe I should have seen it coming. Probably. I we, guess we it, all should have seen it coming. It makes sense, but that's yeah. that's the best kind of wrestling. It, the best kind of wrestling is not when you should have seen it, or is not when you didn't see it coming at all. It's when you should have seen it coming and never did. Right. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that happened yesterday that we should have seen coming. <laughs> Man, you ain't shit. <laughs> Did you see? You, you know that. You know that. I think you should leave, Skit. Did you, did you see that on Facebook, Zach? Where I put that? I think you should leave with uh, Tim Anderson. Or uh, I guy, did not. And he's wearing the. Do you ever watch? I think you should leave on Netflix. No. Oh, it would kill you. It's the funniest fucking thing of all time. Anyway, um, I should have seen that coming, but I didn't. What and then I was like, oh well, this is the angle, and then the Bucks come out, the Jacksons. I forget their names. It's like I think it's like Ryan and uh, Matt or something. God, God damn it! And so they come <laughs> <Thank> out, you, <laughs> and you think they're going to be baby faces. They flip heel like a motherfucker. They flip heel, so they get the band back together, which is the Bullet Club or the Click or the whatever, elite or whatever, the elite, you whatever you want to fucking call it. They put them back together. The cross promotional stuff made me think for a split second that they work us the whole time about the Good Brothers not coming into AEW, and there's no way that that's true. There's no way this was a year out. There's no way they've been planning it for a year. What do you think, Jason? Uh, not not that exactly, but about the angle. The angle is amazing. I mean, but this is what I was in a dream scenario. This is my dream, where now you can have a queer 
working relationship, at least between AEW and Impact. So now talent can move back and forth. You can have dream matches, so on and so forth. Nobody's taking down WWE. Let's just get that off the table. When they make $43 million in a, in a whatever you want to call it, in a little period, three-month period, it's just not going to happen. All you can do is just have a better product. Now, making this alignment together, you have a better product, and you have the specter of New Japan swinging over the head because Moxley and Kenta have to have their match at some point somewhere down the line. It's too fucking amazing that this is finally happening in 2021 where other promotions are starting to fucking figure it out. Okay, we're yeah. not, you're not going to take down WWE by themselves. You're not going to take them down, period. But you can really fucking make them work. Yeah, you can and fuck that, them up for and sure. And now this is going to put pressure. And don't get me wrong. The NXT show was good as well. I just have more confidence in AEW moving forward. It ain't NXT's fault. It's not. It's really not. It's too much of. We what, always say it's not the talent's fault. It's really it, not NXT's fault. It's what it's uh, great organizations work from the top down. If the top is good slash great, it's usually supposed to filter down. In this scenario, sorry, not sorry. Vince is kind of sketchy and really doesn't give two shits about NXT in my opinion. So what happens in NXT is not necessarily. A priority to him. But why would he care? He's making so much money, right, Zach? I mean, Vince, like it's an ego thing for him. Like mm. he doesn't want he doesn't want any competition. Like he wants to snuff him out. That's right, NXT's on Wednesday. They were supposed to bury AEW and then AEW got an even more lucrative deal just a few months in. And they beat they beat them pretty much every week. Honestly, and, uh, Vince's ego is so big that I'm surprised he hasn't sent down guys like Cesaro to NXT. Let's see Cesaro versus Kyle O'Reilly. Let's see Cesaro versus uh, Adam Cole. I I know I oh, I'm I, surprised they they don't do that more too. You know, like I always bring up Cesaro, but Cesaro to me is the most underutilized guy that really has not even gotten a chance hasn't even gotten a sniff at the title nope and cesaro Ooh. is such a fucking badass dude. i was thinking about cesaro the other day when i was at work and i think the biggest like the fork in the road for cesaro is when they paired him with Heyman, and i was like oh shit this shit's gonna work this is gonna really take cesaro to the next level and then and i couldn't remember what happened to why they dropped the ball on that angle, but it didn't work. And then that was like the one chance I thought they really had with Cesaro because he he won the uh, DeAndre the Giant Battle Royal. He came back. He came out on Monday night, and he was with uh, Dutch Mantel at the time. I can't remember his name. And he was like, you know, I'm not I'm not hanging with you anymore. I'm a Paul Heyman guy now. Paul Heyman comes out. In it. Uh, Zeb Coulter. Zeb Coulter, yes. He, okay, so Heyman comes out. The crowd goes ape shit. I'm like, oh, fucking A right. You know, this is Cesaro's chance. This is Cesaro's push. You know, this is going to be great. And then for whatever reason, I can't remember why it didn't work. And then from that point on, it's been all downhill since. 
Yeah, you would yeah. think you would think being in a tag team with Shinsuke Nakamura would make them the yeah. biggest motherfucking thing in the on the fucking planet. Don't even get me and started about that. On a New Japan, like uh, I, I might sound like a broken record. You can you guys can fast forward fifteen seconds if you want to, but on an NJPW card against Tai Chi and Zack Saber Jr., if you're talking Nakamura and Cesaro, now we're talking, man. Let him go. Yeah. Now we're talking. I was say, let this shit happen. I was say, please let that shit happen. I just that's why I'll say this, and we can get back to the topic at hand. This, this is, why, is the topic at hand. This is why it's our, I say, it's our podcast. True story. This is why I say Jay White wouldn't be anything more than the next Shinsuke Nakamura no, in fuck. WWE. Of course not. He would be the foreign heel. Yeah, chasing look at the Ma- U.S. Look at Matt title. Riddle. He's a joke now. He's a comedy act. Yeah. Okay, Zach, go ahead. Uh, so, other stuff on AEW that was interesting. Looks like Chuck Taylor is going to be a young boy. <laughs> we already going to chalk uh, that up? <laughs> that's an, that's an interesting angle. We already just going to yeah. chalk that up? Chucky, Chucky T ain't got boy. a chance? No way. He shouldn't have agreed to the step. Wow. Like, not saying he's like a pushover or anything, but I mean, like, Miro's, like, presented as very dominant and, I mean... I usually check confident, you know, and uh, you know, I like their little interaction and stuff. It was pretty fun. But, but Zach, uh, I think- l- let me ask you this: as a as a married man, because I'm also married. I was getting ready to say, what the fuck? Well, I'm I'm quieting <laughs> down a little bit because I know she's upstairs. When Chuck says to Miro, he goes, "Listen, I'll, I'll say yes to anything right now, just to <laughs> just to be none talking about it." <laughs> Have you ever related to a wrestler more? <laughs> Never more. <laughs> you ain't shit. What <laughs> are you motherfuckers ain't shit? Oh man, I felt it so hard when he was like, great. "Listen, I'll say yes. Just, <laughs> just let, let's just make just this stop. Go. Can just we just go. make it stop? Yeah. <laughs> just make the pain." End. That's great. Don't sleep on Chucky e. T. That's all I'm gonna say. I agree, Miro's oh. gonna win, but don't sleep on Chucky e. T. I definitely, definitely wouldn't. I think it's a great angle for both of them. Yeah, it gives them, it gives them all something to do, which is in this, especially with Chucky T. He's he needs something to do without uh, Trent being there for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's a definite end. It's only until the wedding, right? So, uh, but uh, yeah, we had um, the opening match, really good. Young Bucks and SCU uh, making a nice like uh, eight man uh, against uh, Acclaim and. Uh, H2O or THC3. I, don't, I forget oh, Jesus name, Christ. But what, is what is it? TH2? Thank the you. Hybrid two? Thank yeah, you. the Hybrid 2. All right, cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was fun. And um, then, of course, uh, the, the Snoop Dogg bit where he came out and Cody has a new theme, you know, a new Snoop Dogg theme. It was really all about getting over their Go Big show, uh, which since... I get that it's called the Go Big Show. I forgot. But I think of the big, the big show like yes. every time they say that. So that's kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, I mean the big, the big moment was whenever uh, Snoop <laughs> jumps off the top rope. Jesus uh, Christ! You know, just you know, like Jimmy snuck at Madison Square Garden. Man. No, 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 no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Okay. It I, looked, it looked great. No, 
Now, <laughs> let's not sit up here in front. But if you saw it, you saw it. Well, here, here's the thing. Got out there was like, uh oh. All right. So, Uh-oh. so, oh shit. I don't this mind. I don't mind. Aid. Oh god, that poor bastard. He's old too, man. He's older than fuck. Like that's a really old man. Like I know that black don't crack and everything, but that's an old man standing up there. Yeah, as I say, getting getting ready to do a splash. Oh, Oh, now you don't want to go ahead and jump now, huh? And they and he looked at those guys and he said, "Move them closer." Yeah. And, and Jericho said, "This is the funniest thing Jericho said all night." He goes, "He's eight foot tall. You ain't got to move him closer." <laughs> all right, he's, let's, he's a human spaghetti noodle. Yeah, um, I will. I, I will be. I will be critical. Um, what? I often don't find too much to be critical of AEW about, but. We gotta do. If you're gonna have Sting on the show every week, it can't be the same bit. Like, give me something, right? Let me know what's going on. I get the implication that he's paired up with Darby, but every week the heels are there, ready to do a beatdown. The lights go out, but they haven't really explained his relationship to Darby, right? Just that they no, both. It's just a. It's just a bunch of implications. Like, there's no. There's no explication. Um, and I know it's like show, don't tell, you know, absolutely. But they're showing me, but they're also not telling us anything. So right. I just feel like it's getting tired. And that's one thing you don't want is for an angle like that and with the star power of Sting for it to get tired. And even as a big Sting mark, it's getting you tired. Don't, you, don't want, you don't want the the angle of Sting. You don't want the Sting character to get tired. <laughs> <laughs> you hate shit. He just came back, man. Damn. <laughs> I'm dunking on Zach. Sorry. <laughs> you should be. Now say, don't don't get in the picture next time. Just let him dunk on you. Don't even try to block it. Uh, Sting just got back, dude. I mean, damn. I get what, I get your point. I get your point. Great joke, by the way. Um, my only problem with the Sting thing is Team Taz is five of them. It's five of you motherfuckers. I mean, damn. I get well, Will Hobbs. beat off like 20 guys in the NWO, and I realized that it said he used to beat them Yeah, off. I bet he did. <laughs> he used to beat off 20 dudes. <laughs> yeah, this one's going well. He used to, he used to kill well. like 20 dudes at a time, and I know that that was like literally 25 years ago, but literally 25 years ago just have him be a manager just don't have him be scary take his makeup off what Dude, are they doing that's what i'm saying i mean at what some are they po- doing at some point they're just gonna have the team task is just gonna have to fucking sack up and just go attack these motherfuckers i'll, I'll you got I'll, a two-man advantage i mean goddamn. i'll admit to beer i was gonna skip past the stink part this week i was just i was not even going to make fun of you um or not make fun of you make this <laughs> 40 and slip um I wanted to talk about SCU coming out and saying that once they lose, they're going to break up Christopher Daniels and Frankie Gazarian. They said that the next time they lose, they're going to break up. So is this leading to a in-ring Christopher Daniels retirement, a heel turn for Daniels, a heel turn for Gazarian, or a heel turn for both? Um, I, I'd, I'd love that angle, by the way. That is something that 
I can't remember ever happening, which is a tag team saying next time we lose, we break up. A tag team that's been together as long as those guys have. Those guys were on TNA Impact, I mean, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Probably longer than that. Probably longer than that. Yeah, I mean, Christopher Daniels is 50, so I think it's cool. I think it's like a really cool way for him to uh, ride off into that great night, right? Like, it's a cool angle that can give him one good more run. He's got gas in the tank. You know, for this, for this, you know, if they want to do a singles match or whatever later on, that's fine too. But like, they can have him go on a win streak. Maybe even have him win the belt again. Yeah, right. And, I think it'd be cool if they won the belt. And then they retire whenever they'll win the they belt. Lose. Well, I shouldn't say that. They'll they'll challenge for the titles. I think that's where. To answer your question, I almost see Kaz is the one. That would go heel just for like two beers said that makes uh, more sense. Daniels feels like he's on the the back end where Kaz. I mean, don't get me wrong, Kaz is not a spring chicken by any stretch of the imagination either. But I feel like he's got years left where Christopher Daniels feels like he's got maybe a year left. I would feel like that first six months of the year should be the SCU story of them. Going on this win streak, challenging the Bucks, maybe winning it. I don't see that happening, especially now. I mean, the, the Bucks, anything related to the Bucks, Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, they're all going to be, it's all going to be a scenario where they're going to be kept as strong as possible for as long Man, as possible. They have booked the opposite of book themselves into a corner. It's so with, much shit. With AEW. Yeah, it like is so much shit. Anything could happen. happen. Now, that they have really booked it like so well that AEW, uh, a little bit more than a year, what, 14 months, 15 months after they debuted, anything could happen, and I want to watch every single week, and I think that's a tremendous angle. Now that you've introduced the Good Brothers you you basically set it up to where anybody from either show can pop up on Impact on Tuesdays or now on Dynamite on Wednesdays. Damn near making this must see TV. And you know what? Like when when Jason comes over, and in the old days when Zach used to come over, I put on something on the TV, just something on WWE Network, just in the background. We're watching the Royal Rumble from 2010, and it is eleven. 2011, and it is Edge, Ziggler, Miz, Orton are in the first two matches, man. It's just like fucking WrestleMania. <laughs> like, there's nothing. They're still fighting the same guys over and over and over again. Dude, that's, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to shit on WWE. Just no, you're shit. right. It's not, it's not time to shit on WWE. <laughs> I'm going to wait. Um, uh, that's a good segue. We can transition to... Uh, the New Year's Evil show. Uh, well, the, the other thing that I was going to say, um, besides, <laughs> we never really got into Snoop's terrible splash, but uh, were you going to segue into NXT or into more AEW stuff? Into NXT. Uh, a couple things. MJF going to Hager after Hager lost to Wardlow and kind of offering an <laughs> olive branch. <laughs> No, in light of what happened later on in the show with another faction getting back together, is that the seeds that was planted prior to have Inner Circle go babyface? 
because I feel like inter- like MJF has been uh, kind of doing that bit where he is gaining the trust of like each person, like you know, a, a new member like each week outside of like Sammy. Um, it's also kind of unique because AEW doesn't do stuff away from the ring that often, right? Unless it's like a a pre-recorded segment or something like that, you know, like the Las Vegas stuff or the direct right. air. They're very much like focused on on the ring action. So to see like a backstage locker room thing, that was like kind of like off-putting, but it worked. Like it got the thing done that it needed to get done. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I could totally see that. I mean, people like to cheer Jericho regardless, and all those guys are super charismatic. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like we talk about, you know, MJF taking over the inner circle, and then Jericho becomes a face. But it could very well be that the inner circle just all become faces, and MJF still just an asshole. Like I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, MJF living face does seem a little outside of the realm of possibility. What do you think, Jason? Uh, you know what I think. I'm, I'm sitting here just watching this unfold. Oh, I'm sorry. It sounded like I was watching CNN from last night. Um, I'm watching this unfold and, and sitting there thinking to myself, yeah, this is the golden prediction happened to you know, be informed in front of my eyes. You guys said it. The Hager spot, even though it, it's not really – anything to to trip off of in the grand scheme of the whole episode it's the little things like you said here's the seed you know i'm winning you know santana ortiz over now here comes jake hager you know i already got warlow in pocket slowly but surely everybody's starting to like the new guy and then the new guy takes over kicks out jericho and I got the inner circle. Now you can have the inner circle or whatever you want to call them after MJF takes over versus the elite slash bullet club. Okay, I can go with that. Let me ask you this, and this will be the last thing we say on AEW, and then we can move on to NXT. We'll go Jason to Zach. Uh, what do you think about Jericho being included in a four-man booth, basically, you know, using a baseball term or a right. football term. What do you think about Jericho being a part of that announced team every week? I think it's it's four. It can't. I don't. I don't necessarily like the four man. It's three seems like the the magic number, especially if you're going to have an, an AEW spot. You got to have Jr. until Jr. decides he's done. Excalibur does the heavy lifting. Tony is there. He's basically your swing man. He can go in, do interviews, you know, announce Sting and all that other good shit, do the silly things that they want to do, like the weigh-ins, or then he can come back and do commentary as well. Four just seems like it's a little much. It kind of got clunky there for a little bit. What do you think about Jericho? I think Jericho ultimately is going to be a commentator is just going to take a little bit, but I think Jericho to me is, is just as funny as anybody is. He's as entertaining as they, there is in AEW. Eventually when he's done in ring, he'll go up to the booth. Zach, what do you think? I think he's much better in doses. I don't like it every week. Um, I think, you know, he does a pretty good job. I mean, he does, he does a really good job. Right. But I think, He's he's very extra because he is who he is, and I don't think that's required every week. And he does a really good job with like talking about logic and stuff like that. But yeah, 
I mean, it, it, it's almost like he is. It's almost too much. Um, uh, no, sorry. Go ahead. I'm. I'm just getting. Just saying, I'm getting I'm eager. Not, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say that he doesn't do a good job of like putting like talent over because he does, but he's also very much about putting himself over, and he talks a lot. He so. talks a lot. You know, friend of the show, Vice. Um, texted me last night. He goes, Jericho's going to be great on commentary when he's done wrestling. I agree in a two-man booth. You know who he reminds me of the most is Jerry Lawler because when somebody climbs up, he goes, he's climbing up! Like, he does that shit all the time, and it's he thinks that he's the play-by-play guy and the color guy. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't have to talk, uh, and I guess I agree with a little bit of what both of you said. It's like, it's so much all the time, and Excalibur and Shivani and JR are so much better at what they do than he is at what they do. Right. That he's supposed to be just uh, an, an addition, and he talks more than any of those guys. It does feel like it's... they almost defer to him to to a certain degree um i watched the episode on and that might be like a directive from up on high it may be i was gonna say they haven't been around long enough to for us to get a pattern quote unquote on their uh the way they do things but i'll just say this jericho will eventually be there i think he's extra like two beers said right now because it's just who he is eventually when he does this full time and he gets into a mode a lot of this is just him just being eager and he's making you know simple mistakes that takes time when you do it week after week after week he'll be fine and a lot of the extra i think will go away with that as well once he does this full time all right this is banned from ringside tell us about nxt zach yeah, we had the uh, New Year's Eve hole, you know, started out with Dexter Loomis, not saying anything, pressing some buttons. Uh, cool. Yeah. And <laughs> then... I just don't like that dude, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, sure he's a, I'm sure he's a fine person. No, I'm sure he is. Just... The gimmick is death. But, uh, but yeah, the first match that I saw was Damian Priest carrying cross. Mm-hmm. That was... Uh, fine. I came carrying crosses like he was pre-injury. Um, this thing didn't come off like super great to me, but um, yeah, I mean he went over Damian Priest, who apparently was supposed to go to SmackDown and wrestle with uh, Kevin Owens and be Kevin Owens' tag team partner against Jason and Roman Reigns, but that got shot down. So he still might go up to the main roster pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, so that match was fine. Um, I was really looking forward to Champa and uh, mm-hmm. Thatcher, but Thatcher yeah. hurt, so that, that one got nixed. There were some matches that I did not see that I was looking forward to. I was really looking forward to uh, El Fantasma and Elio Del Fantasma and Grand Elite, which was not on the Hulu version. But those guys, because they were essentially like – top of like opposite promotions like that uh, phantasma with triple a and metal league with cmll they were like both top guys that never really got a chance to wrestle each other in mexico so i really wanted to see them 
wrestle here, but then yeah, Hulu screwed me. So I don't know how it was. <laughs> it was good actually. Um, I don't know if this was Grandma Week's first time even wrestling for the title. My gut tells me yes, but nonetheless, I thought it was a really good match. Um, it it's it was like you would think it was. Grandma Week worked the ropes, um, top to bottom, ring, in and outside of the ring. They let them wrestle their style. Yeah, it was basically a lucha libre match for about ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So I'll, I might have to seek that out. But uh, we had the last woman standing match with Raquel and Rhea, which was really good. Um, I really liked the like bit where Dakota Kai came and smacked her with the uh, kendo stick, and then Rhea just stuffed her in a locker. <laughs> that was really funny. That was kind of fucked up. But, yeah, they. Uh, that I might mean, be movie was, magic. Uh, I can't believe she fit in that thing. Uh, She's a tiny person, I feel maybe like. Maybe it goes down where you stuffed her in and there's maybe room underneath. I don't know. It's, maybe it is movie magic. Yeah, everything you just said sounded really sexual. <laughs> say, I haven't I haven't thought so much about what Dakota Kai could fit in as much Stop. as I thought. <laughs> I got a dude that this is where we were going south on this one a little bit. We're going to get canceled. Yeah, right. Wait, oh, we, we run this shit. <laughs> but uh, like, uh, uh, it was a really good match. And um, honestly, I forget who even won. Who oh, even come won? on, man. Oh, Rio uh, did not win. She did not win. So I think Rio would. I mean, is she going to the main roster? Like, is it finally time? I, I said it last night. Uh, I don't see that there's anything left for her to do winning this Dusty Rhodes Women Classic Tournament is is not even for her at this point. It's time. Um, she's, I, lo- she's lost to Rio. Oh, Rio. She lost to EO. She lost to uh, Raquel Gonzalez. That was the to get Raquel Gonzalez over. It's time for her to move up. I think I know what's going to happen. See her at uh, Royal Rumble. Her and Charlotte be one of the last four. And I think that her and Charlotte fight again at WrestleMania, yeah. and, and Ripley goes over back. this yeah, time. They're going to run it back. I, I think that. Hopefully. I think that would be a good booking decision. And then uh, Triple H would be like, "See, it was totally a yeah. It was the story. Yeah, yeah, we did it. The story. You guys didn't have any patience. <laughs> you guys didn't have any patience. Yeah, you can see us starting to get wound up for the oh, Raw. Oh, I'm already yeah. getting. I'm already getting mad at WrestleMania. <laughs> it's fucking January, right? Okay, everybody's over chomping at the bit. Now, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I want to jump back to the. The Damian Priest uh, carrying cross match. I thought it was a good match. Just in the simple fact that it, I was, it I was pissing. Did he not like it? He said it was okay. I'll oh, say this. I liked it a lot. I'll say this. There were two reasons I liked it. Number one is it's it's more so about Damian Priest and it has very little to do with anything to do with Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross is gonna go they already announced their next uh takeover is what, Valentine's Day. That's probably gonna be crossing uh Bauer for the title. So if it's not, he's on it the has way. To be. He's on the way to that. So I'm. Like, this is one of those matches that it was a predictable finish, but just how we get there. To me, it makes Damian Priest, you know, back up the the tough talk he had coming up to this match, and then 
you know, the finish where he was just basically calling him out, made him, you know, called him a bitch or whatever, made Kieran Cross, you know, lay his ass out to get the pin. Even though he loses, he looks strong, you know, babyface strong like he was supposed to be moving forward at, if he's going to be a babyface. So for me, I thought the match was good. I thought the, the psychology of the match was just as good. It was a good way to kick off their part of the show if you're one of the people that was sitting at home watching it live and you had to make the choice right away of which match you wanted to watch if you don't watch both at the same time, which to me is absolutely crazy. I cannot even imagine watching both shows at the same time. That's just, no, I got to absorb this shit. I don't have to see every head, but. No, I need to see that shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see that shit. Uh, I, I mean, I was one of those people, and I watched Karrion Cross versus Damian Priest because I like, I Damian Priest is a guy that's earned a lot of my respect very quickly. He's, been really good you know he was clearly elevated by leon ruff um <laughs> Man, he is uh, <laughs> uh i think he's a really good baby face and i like carrying cross a ton man and carrying cross versus finn balor carrying cross you know not every wrestling match for people that don't like carrying cross not every wrestling match has to be ha- has to be top rope stuff has to be fucking uh, what's the word I'm looking? What's the word I'm looking for? Stuff. Sometimes stuff just has to look high like spot. it hurts. Doesn't have to be high spots. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you there. Now, carrying cross. I don't know if he's rusty or if he's just not as, uh, you know, maybe he's in, injury plagued. Like who's that? Hundred percent. Cross. Oh he yeah. Didn't, he didn't come off as like dominant as he usually. Had I don't think he. But I think that was by design. I think this was more to keep if Damian Priest's time is limited on NXT, which I I started that same rumor that he was supposed to go to uh, SmackDown or whatever. You still got to make him look strong. Jason's getting all Triple H on this. He's telling us by design. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's by design. It's by design. Oh, thanks, Jason. This one is by design. The real Ripley thing is not by design. They fucked that shit up. They screwed the pooch on it, and they know it. Holy shit. I know. That was was a young Husky Harris. (laughs) Um, All right. uh, What else happened, Zach? Uh, main event time, we had, well, I think there was some other stuff. But like I said, this is all that I saw. Was the, the next for me was the main event. Kyle I mean, the, the only thing Valley. that you missed was the mixed tag uh, with. Impromptu uh, match, yeah. Yeah, it was Gargano and LeRae versus uh, Kushida, who they really have no idea what to do with, and uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, it looks like they're going. Oh, well, if they're, as I say, if that. Yeah, with that big tag, it looks like the be Kushida and Johnny, which sounds awesome. Yes, it does sound awesome. Yeah, I hope he goes over. No, I was going to say that's uh, Kushida got the pin on uh, Gargano, so that's that yep. should be the easy segue to it. Now, does Kushida go over? I don't know. I would love to see it. That could be one of the greatest takeover matches. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that would be a takeover match, and that should be really good because, I mean, it, it's Johnny takeover versus Kushida. If you let Kushida be Kushida, it should be good. All right, Zach, main event. Main event, Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor. Um, not as good as their takeover match, but that's not like being critical of it. It was still a really good match. That match was just uh, transcendently good. It was very superior. But uh, this one told a really cool story. Essentially, they 
gave each other the injuries that they had given in the previous match. So there was an abdominal stretch spot, which I really like. Um, I like when, for some reason, you know, just like those kind of old school spots in these kind of new wave matches. But, um, but yeah, that was cool. And then Kyle Riley broke it by biting the rope to get the rope break and then Finn kicked the rope. So essentially Kyle Riley sold like he had fractured his jaw and the doctor checked up on him and it was really cool. Like they worked fantastically and uh, eventually, um, you know, Finn just overcomes uh, O'Reilly and, you know, kind of remains that dominant NXT champion, but uh, Kyle Riley lost nothing in this and, even in two losses, I, I feel like he's just gained. Like, um, he, he is the number two guy in Undisputed Era, like, right underneath Adam Cole. Like, he's right underneath Adam Cole right now. I would say even in tapping out, he didn't lose anything. He looked like a million no, fucking bucks. He, it, it, was a, it was another great match. I wouldn't even say that the takeover match was... I, don't, I forget the term that you used. Maybe heads and shoulders are... But I think you said transcendent. That's what you said. I wouldn't even say that this match was that much below that match. I just think these guys no, are incredible no. workers together. No, I agree. It was another banger-ass match. Um, the tap out was a, a little unexpected, but, I mean, it, it didn't really take away from the over, my overall thought on the match, which, like I said, was, it was really, really good. Uh, the, the way they switched – Injuries, like Two Beers said, was a little uh, intriguing to see how that was going to play itself out. Um, I just now, I guess you know, where does UE go from here? I mean, that's that was the the thought for me coming away from you know the NXT show when I watched this morning. But I, I'll just say it: comparing the two shows, the two shows were both really fucking good, and they were good in their own ways. But like I, I'm now I'm gonna keep hammering home at nauseum. It's so many fucking options with the AEW so, show, where you got this many options where you can do so many different things. I thought it was the better. I mean, show. even at the even at the uh, the top of the card. I mean, you're talking about Pack, Moxley, Omega, Phoenix. I mean, there are so many different ways that you can go. There's so many guys that are at the top of the card that are believable. Like, I know that me and Joey got, I know that me and Joey got worked, but I mean, we were here not that long ago believing that Eddie Kingston could do it, and Eddie Kingston's that much of a talent. Yeah, it's just that. I mean, it's the most well booked. I I don't want to say this. This might be recency biased. It's most well like AEW is the most well booked promotion on television that I've ever seen. I mean, well, I, yeah, mean I mean, but what else I, is there? I, I mean, it's WWE. It's it's more well booked than anything WWE's ever done. I'm not okay. Look, I know we getting ready to shit on WWE, but WWE has had some good. Oh, angles. I'm getting let's, ready to shit on WWE. Let's, let's not sit up here and, and be. Yeah, like Stone that. Cold. Yes, yeah, Stone Cold Vince. They've been living off Stone Cold Vince for so fucking long, man. Yes, it was brilliant in 1998. It was very brilliant in 1998. I agree. That's it. Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to be like that. I'm, it's. It's not going to be okay. I'll just say this. Even past Stone Cold Vince, you still had Rock and 
Austin, they had their moments. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you had an angle. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, even even as bad as WWE is perceived to be in this circle, they still have their nuggets of moments. Now, Oh my, have the tables how the tables have turned. Jason's defending the fuck out of WWE. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm just saying the difference is nuggets are cool. Consistency is better. AEW is being more consistent after week after week after week to where even a bad and I'm saying I'll say bad show for AEW is still good. When we say a bad show for Raw, it's like a train wreck where it's like, damn, how did I sit here and watch this shit for three fucking hours, okay? And and top to bottom, too, because, like, a lot of people like to glorify Attitude Era, you know, and, I mean, I was there watching every single week religiously, and, yeah, the, the highs were high, but the lows were low. I mean, there was some terrible stuff on those shows. That if you go back and watch, um, a lot of it sucked. No, it didn't, and that. But that's, I guess that's where the problem is. Where people say that's the greatest, their greatest era. That's the difference. It's a sports entertainment factory over there. Current stallion, friend of the show, he Ooh, said it. Oh look, repeat that. You went mute for a second. Kurt Stallion, friend of the show, he said it. WWE is like a circus, okay? But the problem is they don't have or they don't want to have a lead attraction anymore. It's about just coming to pay the ticket to see the circus as a whole versus having a headliner like you used to have 20 years ago. To me, that's the biggest yeah, the brand, The brand is the draw. Right. They're, the stars are not the draw. Exactly. Like they're not making a star to be no, the draw. No, because they don't want, the last yeah. time they, they, they had that happen, they had Austin go home, which sabotaged the show, and then Rock left, which basically left them a hole. From that point on, nobody has ever really been that superstar. You can argue Cena if you want to. You can, but I don't. I'm not going to even say can't. that. John Cena was was that guy, but he was never those guys. They've had they've had opportunities to make that guy again. Yeah, but they won't do it. They won't do it. Sasha Banks they, could be that guy. Apparently, great in the Mandalorian, the, the episode she's been in. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet. I'm sure it's fine. Nonetheless, it was really good. okay, but nonetheless, opportunity to make. Big mega stars, and you cry about oh the fans. You know we can't get casual fans back. We don't get you know new fans. Well, you got opportunities to do it, and you choose not to. You only can blame yourself. I always say this. We've always said this, even in this conversation about Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly, <laughs> that has gone to AEW <laughs> and back as far as '97 with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. <laughs> All roads lead to Roman because if they would have booked Roman Reigns back right after the disintegration of the Shield, the way they're booking him right now, and then they turned him babyface, he would be the Rock right now. He would be in the Transporter Four. He would be making movies if they would have done it because he's that good looking, he's that charismatic, he's got that much charisma just in standing there and looking. But they had to make him a heel first, and they. Fucked that up. And you know what? It's costing Roman Reigns 
Millions of dollars. Whatever. He's millions of dollars. I'm sure Roman Reigns is more than okay. <laughs> I don't feel sorry for him in the mind. Anyway, Finn issue. Balor versus Kyler Riley was fucking great. It was a banger match. I agree with everybody that said it. It it wasn't as good as the takeover match, and that's not a knock against this match. This match was real, still very, very good. And like I said, to me, it's just now where do you go with UE from here? Any last thoughts on NXT, Zach? Not at all. I'm just happy that I only saw Dexter Loomis once. Oh yeah, um, just Dexter Loomis. I mean, wh- I mean them putting him behind. And listen, I I like the guy as a wrestler. Them putting him behind the broadcast booth just to make the joke that he doesn't talk, guys. That's not funny. That's like a fucking 11:45 p.m. Saturday Night Live skit. That's not fucking funny. I mean that that's that's the main. It's roster funny whenever AEW did it with Orange Cassidy, but Orange Cassidy like pretended to fall asleep, and that was funny. That's gonna do it for our. Go ahead, go ahead. You got something else to say? I'm not, well, I'll ask the quick question: Is that hypocritical? Who? What Zach just said? Yeah. Of course. Okay. Okay, that's gonna do it for. What'd you say, Zach? Oh, I just said they're different characters. Like, I was just going to defend myself. But no, defend yourself. Defend yourself, Man, please. See, this is what happens, Zach, when you're not. And I know COVID is doing it, so you can't be here. And it's easier for you not to be here. But when you're, I mean, when you're not here, you're just, well, no, that's not true. Because you guys pick on me all the time. Yeah, I was going to say. Fuck this. <laughs> Let's get to that three count. <laughs> Bill and his feelings. <laughs> I mean, I am in my feelings. All right, you guys ready to let loose? Yeah, man, let's do it. Sure. All right. So, Monday night was Raw Legends Night, right? So they opened up with Hogan. The H phone. Who has a new, I guess, iPhone or something? It's or the H phone. Well, whatever. Uh, so, here's a list of the legends that we saw on Monday night Teddy Long. I'm sorry, that was funny. <laughs> when he said the Undertaker spot, that shit was funny. Ric Flair, who came out, got flirted with by Lacey Evans, tripped his daughter so that she would get pinned by Peyton Royce, and then his daughter turned against him so that he looked sympathetic. So I'm not sure who they're trying to make look like a heel there unless they're trying to make everybody look like a heel. Oscar and Charlotte Flair lose. Uh, then you have a moment backstage with Jimmy Hart, Hulk Hogan, McIntyre, and Sheamus. I guess they couldn't get uh, somebody of color to do that what you going to do brother thing with Hogan. Mm-hmm. That's they weird. Don't I don't know. Who, who knows? Uh, Riddle beats Lashley. Uh, <sighs> you have Mark Henry, who's scared of Randy Orton backstage. Also, I missed the big show. Um... You have Dana Brooke goes over Shayna Baszler in 40 seconds. You have Ric Flair with IRS and Molly Holly and Randy Orton comes back. I would have really liked if IRS would have yelled at Randy Orton for setting his son on fire, but he didn't. Uh, You had RKO go over Hardy. (laughs) You had Hurt Business versus Lucha House Party, which Graham Metalik got pinned before his big match with Santos Escobar, which makes total booking sense. 
And then here we go, guys. Then we had McIntyre versus Keith Lee in a very good 22-minute match. It's a good match. WWE-style match, but nonetheless, it was a good match. And then Goldberg comes out and says that Drew McIntyre has everything except for respect, and then he challenged McIntyre. (laughs) (laughs) The look on his face is great. Challenge McIntyre to the belt at Royal Rumble. <laughs> so I ask you guys. I'll ask Zach first. I'll ask Zach. Zach, who does Goldberg appeal to? He appeals to uh, white men over 50? <laughs> Question mark? I don't know. I mean, what is I mean, it, what what are I they doing? Real hard. I popped real hard whenever he squashed Brock Lesnar, and like they did like every WCW Nitro match you've ever seen, uh, Goldberg in, and but he did it to Lesnar, but that worked one time. It worked one yeah. time, and it was it was the most surprising thing that we've seen in a long time. It was like yes, of course you should pop for that. Were we doing the podcast that time? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, but, it was awesome. It's just, uh, it's just so unsurprising and stale. Like, I'm not even like that mad at it. I can't even like build up the energy to be like that mad because it's so just rote and expected. Oh, like, I'm just <laughs> Well, good. I got anger for both of us. Man, look, you out your goddamn mind. And there is no reason in the world to even be doing this. The logic doesn't even make fucking sense. You got Randy Orton basically running around, clowning on every fucking legend that he comes across. Nobody wants to do anything to Randy Orton. Legends don't want to do anything. Okay, that's fine. Big Show probably could have you know, had a little bit of a problem with it, but Big Show let it slide. So then at the end, you're going to have Goldberg come out, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, no. Either way, either he wins the Royal Rumble, which would be bad, or now he has this match, which is bad, too. So that's what I'm thinking in my head. So then he comes out and says, oh, you don't have respect. You know, you run down the legends, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait a minute. Wasn't this other motherfucker just talking all kinds of cash money shit to any motherfucker that came across his path, and you ain't said nothing to him? But now you're going to say something to this other dude that said, what you going to do, brother, with the guy that I can't stand? But that's disrespectful. Man, the whole logic didn't even make sense. So now you're going to have this little match. And then, of course, they have the scrum that goes off the air. Man, look, if you're going to do some stupid ass angle, at least A, have the fucking time to do it and do it right. And then B, make it fucking make goddamn sense for once, for once in my life. Stop fucking making me look like an idiot stop making me feel like an idiot for dragging my ass through this three hour bullshit episode after watching four hours hours before of some of the best fucking wrestling i've seen this year 2021 just started but damn that four hours of new japan was great versus this three hours of absolute hot garbage Goldberg appeals to those that want to reminisce in the past. Oh, you know, Goldberg's transcendent. He's going to get Drew over. 
if Drew wins, it's what he's supposed to do. If Drew loses, it's like, what the fuck did we do all this shit up to this point for? Just to have Drew lose again. And don't get it twisted. That is in play. When Goldberg is around, titles get lost. Couple things here. Goldberg, the pe- Goldberg appeals to people that still get in their cars and listen to Allison Chains. That's one. The second one being, you know why Goldberg's never taken an RKO? Because the dude can't bump. Because he fucking sucks. I don't know why Goldberg used to be around. I do not understand why Vince has got this hard on for for Goldberg in 2021. He's under contract, so that's half the battle. So he's got to use him? So he's got to use him? I, Fuck that. You know, he doesn't have to use them. Well, that's why rich people tip like shit. That's why they became rich. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck Vince. Fuck Goldberg. He doesn't have to use them, but look at look at what's happening. We're talking about it. We're talking about it. That's Man, what he I, wants. Th- and we we're falling for that trap. Yeah, but you know what else he you know what he doesn't want? Is for us three to barely sleep through Raw. To, smick, to skip SmackDown altogether, which is what we do, which is what I do no, every I fucking Smackdown. week. Raw is, Raw is now at the point where if, Gold, if Goldberg wins, I'll say this. If Goldberg wins the world title at Royal Rumble, I'm not watching Raw from that point on. You know what I did Monday night? I literally, and I host a podcast. I don't know if you knew this. No, I didn't know that. I, I watched... Miz and Morrison opened the show. I watched Miz basically do the host thing with, that he used to do a long time ago. I watched the New Day come out. I watched Teddy Long come out and do his thing. I watched Angel Garza win the twenty four seven belt. Dude, that's the, that's and then the kiss of death for his Eli- ass. Elias versus AJ came out, and I was like, "Fuck this, man!" And I turned on the last week, and I turned on the Pelicans game. It was basically I just turned on the NBA game and I, I started reading my book. I don't want to fucking watch that I shit. I do not blame you. It's awful. Dude, dude, like Geico can save you 15%. I can save you five hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch it. No, I watch SmackDown and I've, Roman Reigns is the reason to watch SmackDown. Sasha is a, a close second. Outside of that, it there's not really too much that interests me on SmackDown. Roman Reigns and KO are great. Yeah, but now we're getting to the point where it's it's getting... I like Big E, too. No, but, but I'm not going to watch it because it fucking sucks, man. I'll watch the pay-per-views. Sometimes. 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 No, I was going to say no, I'll, I'll watch, watch, I'll watch the pay-per-views. I'll watch the pay-per-views. Raw is now getting to the point where it's getting to be unwatchable because this logic doesn't... Getting doesn't, to the point? Getting to the point? I watch it because I'm, I know me. If something happens on Raw, I'll get pissed. But now I'm getting to the point where... When's the last time something happened on Raw that you would have been pissed off that you would have missed? Shit, it's been a minute. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. I guess it's been for fucking ever. You know when the last time something happened on Raw that I would have been pissed off that I missed is when Rollins turned on the shield. Yeah. I would say, like, I mean, Drew, Drew beat Orton for the title, like, not that long ago. 
on Raw. Yeah, but I wouldn't have been pissed about. Oh, how the tables have turned! Now Zach and Jason are both defending Raw. <laughs> I wouldn't have been pissed about missing that. Okay, <laughs> the reason why I guess it wouldn't have been nearly as egregious if I didn't watch Wrestle Kingdom first, and I knew that coming into that. Dude, I tweeted that it was I like fucking. It was like whiplash. Yeah, man. it was literally like, what the fuck is just? What the fuck <laughs> it is was, happening? It was like whiplash. Yeah, it was watching bad. watching. Uh, night one of Wrestle Kingdom on Monday during the day. And then, you know, I did a bunch of shit in the afternoon and then I made dinner and then I sat down and I watched Raw. And watching Raw after watching four straight hours of New Japan Pro Wrestling gives you whiplash, man. You're like, it's not even the same thing. It's not even the same art form. It's completely Completely different. different. It's so different. I was just like, dude, I can't believe. I'm, I'm watching this and I'm getting myself more and more worked up because I'm like, dude, this is the dumbest fucking shit. I'm sitting there watching this bullshit. I could be watching something totally different. Totally different. They did that shit on a week where guys like me that like, okay, I don't want to watch this segment. I'll watch Monday Night Football. Oh, you got me. There's no Monday Night Football on. So that's why they they threw this shit out there because they wanted to get that 2 million million, uh, people watching this shit. Plus, why didn't Goldberg lose his contract when he almost killed Mark Calloway? A match I still haven't watched. (laughs) You ain't watching that shit? No. I told you guys I wasn't going to watch it. Man, if you need to go half in life... just a friendly reminder, whenever we started this podcast, Raw was averaging like 4 million viewers. And what's it now? It was 2.11 for the, uh, the on Monday a, night. On a really good week. Yeah, with no Monday oh, night football. With no Monday night football, no it's Monday just night. over 2 million viewers. And that's and Hogan and Flair. Right, okay. <laughs> and Hogan and Flair. <laughs> so what you, what you think it's going to go back to next week? This is what I'm... This is why... I, I have a the problem with the Goldberg effect, quote unquote. It was one point seven the week before. It was two point one. So four hundred thousand people watch, and that's supposed to be an effect. Get the fuck out of here. Goldberg is not that dude anymore. He was hardly that dude then. He was hardly that dude then. That's that's the main point, man. Is that. He had, and I was watching it when it happened. I was a Nitro dude. That's when I started watching wrestling in my adult life. It was 1999, and I used to go up to Cam Cam Bigelow's uh, dorm room at 410 Laws at Mizzou, and we used to watch fucking wrestling, and we drink Mickey's 40s and smoke <gasps> weed, oh, and we would Nick? have so much fun, and we loved Goldberg. That was during the Clinton administration. Jesus. That's how long ago it was. I know that I'm old. I know that we're old, me and Jason. I know that Zach's not as old as us. But that's how long ago it was. And Goldberg's still writing that shit because he got booked like crazy by Bischoff. Which, I, I, upon retrospect, I get. But now it's, it's getting to the point where... It is not even realistic that Drew and Goldberg should be in the same ring. I'm sorry. Listen, I hope against hope. Drew better win. I hope that Drew squashes him. I hope better win. I hope it I hope it's just a fucking Claymore kick. Boom. You're dead, Goldberg. And then I hope he actually kills him. 
He won't watch Raw. He's booking himself into an Enzo Amore 205 Live. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? I did. Jason said it. He said he, if Goldberg wins, he won't watch Raw anymore. And he I said would not do with it. Enzo, and he, he didn't watch 205 Live. For I would not do it. I, bet. I, I would not waste I my bet. three hours of my life like that. That is bullshit. Well, I mean, watching it live is... That's a soccer's game unless you got something else to watch, like the Pelicans or like the NBA. Dude, I should have watched the NBA, and, I, and that's where the, oh, the, the Pelicans Pacers was yeah, a it was burner. A really good game, and fucking. That's what I'm okay. See, that's what I'm saying. There's no re. So then, if Goldberg's champ, then what? We're not going to have a champion on TV for months until WrestleMania. Get the fuck out of here. There is no reason in the world that Goldberg should be walking up. This motherfucker just came off the side of the milk carton, walked up, pointed at Drew McIntyre, was like, "Look, I don't like you. You disrespectful. I want to shatter the title." And that's supposed to be what's going to happen. There's a whole motherfucking gang of motherfuckers in the back. That's probably looking at the TV like, well, damn, I wish I could do that shit. Y'all know this is arguably the best roster in the world, and that's what you come up with. Get the fuck out of here. Goldberg wins. I'm done. Who's a bigger heel on this podcast? Bill Goldberg or Bill Vagy? <laughs> right now it's Goldberg by the mile. That'll do it for the three count. I think it's Goldberg because he's a Jew. Two, three. Oh, shit. I didn't mean to shit on your joke, dude. What'd you say? I probably shouldn't. <laughs> you probably should. Oh, wow. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, you guys can rewind that later on. I hope that here. don't. Um, a couple things that we missed, odds and ends. Um, for the record, I think that the Darby Allen uh, weigh-in thing, I think that I like a weigh-in segment as opposed to a contract signing. It's the same thing, dude. It's, no, a contract signing is not the same thing as a weigh-in. I don't know why I have to explain this to you. It's the same thing. <laughs> um, Sonia Deville is back? Question mark. I mean, sh- she was back. Uh, did, did, she, did she wrestle, or did we just see her backstage? No, but they said her name. Okay, so what? That means she's back. That doesn't mean shit. Wasn't, it's WWE. Wasn't she supposed to not be back? Thank though? you. The whole point of the stipulation was not to be back. Town. Loser leaves town. She's back on the time. Guys, on the, how on many the, losers? It's, she's it's, back on the the show that she lost the, the match on. Are you guys like wrestling neophytes? Do you guys know that all that shit's bullshit? <sighs> Only in WWE. Thank you. Where the stipulations matter. Where, like Jericho said, now it makes sense. Okay. Um, Sorry, but if you brought I mean, it up. I mean, look, I'm just trying to I do would, some odds and ends I would here. love to have Sonya Deville come back. I would love it. I thought her and Manny Rose had one of the better feuds in a long, long time. I didn't ask for this much about Sonya Deville. Well, you shouldn't have said nothing about Sonya Deville. Don't you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick face. Um, so we had uh, Wesley Blake and something Cutler. Uh, they are now called the Knights of the Lone Wolf. <laughs> Seems kind of antithetical to the lone wolf, dude, but dude, for real, like if you're a lone wolf, like you ride alone, you don't like get some like racist Twitter dudes to ride with you. No, which no, one? No, 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 no not, which, that's, that's which one's that. the racist? The racist, they ain't the racist. The racist, the racist Ryan, is the one that hangs out yeah, with Elias, Elias yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was oh. going to say. Let's separate the white guys. Let's, let's, let's separate the white guys and identify them correctly. Racists go with the lies. Let's be honest. <laughs> they all could have stormed the Capitol yesterday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
Oh, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode are now called. I'm glad they have a tag team nickname. I'm not real happy about the name. Do you know what it's called? I saw it on their shirt, and I was just like, is that their is that, that their name? They're <laughs> called the Dirty Dogs. Oh, okay. They said They're it called wrote, the what? The Dirty Dogs. D-A-W-G-Z. G-A. Okay, Z, yeah. It's the Dirty favorite. Dogs. They said it two weeks before on they're, their they're, promo. They're a 2006 Fine. softball team that Jason and I used to play against in Forest Park. <laughs> Beat that bootay like nobody's business. Uh, fine. Just If Street Profits are going to lose, just do it now and figure it out. I don't care. I just don't care. That's what I'm saying. I don't care about this part of SmackDown. I'm there for Roman Reigns. And what's happening with Roman Reigns? KO. I mean, KO's A-plus all the time. Well, KO in this point, like I said a couple weeks ago, I think he's a perfect foil for Roman, especially in ring, because KO will bounce and sell for Roman at every fucking turn. You agree, though, that KO is A-plus promo, like babyface promo against Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, like he is killing it, right? I never had – my only problem was – would Roman be able to keep up? And Roman's been able to keep up. I was never worried about KO coming in oh, that's in a music million to my, years. Music to my ears. Uh, anything else? No, not really. I mean, Big E uh, went up against King Corbin. He won. And then uh, finally, a baby. Black on black crime. Finally, a baby face in WWE has somebody come out and save him because Apollo Crews came out and uh, helped out. Big E and next and now Big E has announced his open challenge. He's doing an intercontinental yeah, open challenge yeah, every yeah. week, and next Apollo week's going to be him versus Apollo <laughs> Cruz. Which uh, the brothers? No, y'all ain't supposed to fight. Y'all supposed to stay together. Yeah, but as a white guy, I'm looking forward. To that. <laughs> no, it should be a good match. It'd be good to see Apollo Cruz back. No, there. I've I've always been a big Apollo Cruz guy, going way back because. The guy is a, a athletic dy- as fuck. He's a dynamo. Yeah, he is really. Nation, baby. He is really. He is really something to watch in the ring. Yeah, he's just. And weird. I, I love Big E forever. Just wrong place, wrong time for uh, Apollo Cruz right now. I would love to see Big E flip heel at some time. I think they should have did it when instead of having Brock Lesnar win the title, you could have had. Well, I wouldn't even go that far. You could oh, have put I'd love Big to see e, Big E versus Brock Lesnar. You too. could have put Big E against Kofi to break up New Day if you wanted to break him up, which you did anyway. So you could have had Big E turn heel, have Big E get over while Kofi goes over, and then if you wanted to throw Kofi to Brock Lesnar, knock yourself out. I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If you're going to split up New Day, why not do a big angle turn instead of just having Dude, Stephanie McMahon? Okay, yeah, because don't get me wrong. The, the so draft, much money on the table. The draft was good just because it was kind of unexpected. But it this way, the way I just threw up or just have Big E flip heel in general would have been so much more impactful where you'd have been like, oh, shit, Big E. Because who's going to stop Big E? Kofi wouldn't have been able – obviously, Kofi would have been surprised. Xavier Woods would have been in the fourth row because Big E is just, like, twice his size. So, I mean, Big E would have been stomping on two guys at once and then would have challenged Kofi for the title. Please. Let that man book the territory. That's going <laughs> to do it for our odds and ends. 
This is banned from ringside. All right, we got a bunch of birthdays. I think last week we only had four. Jason, you wouldn't know. You didn't listen. Uh, <laughs> we got a bunch of birthdays this week. Uh, Chavo Guerrero. Alive? No, that ain't right. Oh, he's 50. Okay. Darby Allen is 28. Chavo's 50. Darby Allen's 28. Uh, I hope he gets a nice birthday at Showbiz. See. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese for all you people out of the area. See. Uh, Bushwhacker Luke is would have been 74. Is yeah, Bushwhacker I'm, I'm, Luke? I'm pretty sure he's a DOA. Bad Luck Fale, do you have a guess? Uh, I am this age, so I will say he is 45. Do you have a guess, Zach, on Bad Luck Fale? Um, let's go with 37. 39. Damn! Zach was closer than you, and he didn't go over. Zach, you win. Uh, Chris Masters, who was just on this Damn Royal no Rumble, shit. 38. Todd Grisham is 45. Ruby Riot, happy birthday. Happy 30th, Ruby Riot. Uh, you're cool. Buff Bagwell is 51. <laughs> Wow. Jesus Christ. It feels like he should be like uh, Grandmaster Sexay, RIP, would have been 49 this week. Tamina is 43. Abdul the Butcher, who gave a bunch of guys hepatitis, right? Uh, he would have Gross. been 80. <laughs> uh, Shad Gaspar. R.I.P. R.I.P. This year, yeah. man. That's he, crazy. He, yeah, man. he was a cool dude. He would have been 40 this year. Uh, Yujiro Takahashi. Very much alive. Yes, for sure. I love him. Uh, he, he He's turning 40 this week. What, what, which one is he, Bill? I know which one he is. Don't, don't. He's, he's the one that laid down for Jay White. Yes! <laughs> yes! I can tell the Japanese guys apart. <laughs> it's the white ones I don't know. I know who Yujiro Takahashi is, Zach. Do not offend me like that. He's the second member of the Young Bucks. Uh, and uh, Mason Ryan is 39. Mason Ryan, those are the first names of the Young Bucks, right? I think, that, I think that's actually right. That's a good point. Uh, hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For F&B Eatery, for Joey O'Farrell, for Lucha Chris. Check. For Xander the Cats. Check. Hey, check out uh, Wrestling at the Grandel uh, first podcast. Check out Wrestling, Wrestling at, at the, the Grandel. Grandel. You can find it on BFR Pod, at BFR Pod on Spotify, Twitter. Uh, Apple products, all that good shit. For Zach Pullman, that's Jason Bell on Bill Veggie. Support your local weed check. dealer, Black Lives Matter. Check. Boo the heels. Woo!